Hello everyone, my name is McAllen and welcome back to another episode of The Haunted Hose. Now, I am here by myself today because Kelsey is not feeling well, so I thought that I would ask you guys to submit your scary stories for me to read today. We did get a few submissions. If you would like to submit your own paranormal story or have a true crime case that you would like us to cover, you can send us an email to hauntedhosepod at gmail.com. Let's get into it. This first story comes from Carrie. One Friday night when I was a teenager, I went to Friday night outing with my youth pastor. We went to the forest cemetery and we played ghost in the graveyard. I remember when I was walking through the cemetery and seeing ghostly shadows coming out of the mausoleum and then seeing black shadowy figures walking through the cemetery. They were following me. So I started running as fast as I could. I hurried up and got on the church bus and hid under the seats. Everyone was hollering my name on the bus and in the cemetery because that's how scared I was. Okay, Carrie, I have some questions. Why did you guys go to a forest cemetery at night with your youth pastor? Oh my gosh. I need to know why that was the choice for Friday night outing. <laughs> and second, mausoleums are pretty creepy. They give me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> so I could totally get how that would scare you. Our next submission comes from Kyle. Not the most exciting, but a few years ago, me and some friends were drunkenly messing with the Ouija board. Nothing really happened, but when we woke up one of my friends when his ride home arrived, he was speaking in gibberish. He totally thought he was speaking coherently. For example, he'd laugh if he thought he said something funny, but nobody could understand him. See, I'm all for, you know, using Ouija boards. I've used them a few times myself, and I kind of think they're fun, maybe because I don't believe in them wholeheartedly but a part of me does. But I would never mess with the Ouija board when I was drunk. That is so insane to me. You have no idea what could possibly happen. <laughs> this next one actually comes from a Reddit post that I discovered, and I thought we would add it in here. I've never lived in a haunted house, but my mother did as a teenager. Other houses on her street had strange things going on too. A few homes away from her family lived another family. One night, the daughter went to bed with a bad headache and the next day she was dead. She passed away from an aneurysm. After the funeral, the family went away to get their minds off the tragedy and the father asked my uncle, my mom's brother, to check on their pets. My mom and dad, who were dating at the time, went with him. My mother had heard there was a grand piano and she wanted to play it. My dad was studying to be a veterinarian. After entering the house, my uncle and my father headed to the basement to see the animals and my mother went to the piano on the ground floor. She was playing it when she felt something brush her ankles. She thought a cat must have left the basement and walked past her. She kept playing and then she felt it again. So she looked under the piano and saw nothing. When she started playing again, she felt hands clasp her thighs tightly. 
She dashed to the basement door, called my uncle and father, and waited for them. Back outside, my uncle could tell my mom was rattled and asked what was wrong. She told him what happened, and he turned white. He told her the daughter who had died used to play a game with her father. When he played the piano, she'd crawl underneath, grab his ankles, and push his feet up and down on the pedals. Oh, now that is just so creepy. I love stories like that where, you know, the person experiencing it could just brush it off as something, you know, semi-rational and then come to find out that that actually happened from somebody that died that they did when they were alive. That is so creepy to me. This next one is called The Phantom Patient. The ambulance company that I used to work for had a haunted ambulance, Rig 12. A lot of EMTs had stories about it, but I never put much stock in paranormal stuff. That is, until I had my own experience with Rig 12. My partner and I were working in a rural community at 3 a.m., and it was pitch dark and completely quiet. We were both dozing. I was in the driver's seat, and she was in the passenger seat. I woke up to a muffled voice, but I thought my partner was talking. I told her I was trying to sleep and closed my eyes. I distinctly heard a male's voice say, oh my God, am I dying? Followed by a few seconds of heavy breathing. My partner and I sat up straight and looked back into the patient compartment where it sounded like the voice had come from. Things were quiet for a couple of seconds. Then we heard the click of an oxygen bottle regulator and a hiss as if it was leaking. I turned on the lights and we ran out of the rig. I thought a transient might have climbed in while we were asleep. So we opened the rear doors, but no one was there. I checked the oxygen bottles, neither was open. We didn't sleep much after that. The Impish Ghost. My neighbor Diane and I had a playful poltergeist for years, and we called it Billy. I'd come home and find something put in a weird place, milk in a cupboard, toilet paper in the fridge, laundry detergent in the bathtub. Diane once called to ask if Billy had been around because she couldn't find a gallon of milk. We finally found it outside on her back steps. And sugar. Darn sugar. Every morning my sugar bowl was empty. When I had had enough, I would point to Diane's home and yell, Go see Diane. Within five minutes, I'd get a call from her. Thanks a lot, she'd say. He'd gone and pulled shenanigans at her place. This occurred for the entire two years we lived there. No one believed us, not even our husbands. My mother thought someone was stealing from us when we were sleeping or out of the house. My sister believed something was going on but didn't know what. I still can't explain any of it. The eerie attic. I don't believe in ghosts, but a few years ago I moved into a one bedroom apartment in Melbourne, Australia. It was my first time living on my own. The apartment block had been built in the 1930s. I'd been there for a few months when I came home from work one day and went into the bathroom. I saw something strange a wooden board which had covered a hole in the ceiling that led to a small attic space lay fractured in two pieces on the ground. I examined the pieces. The board was an inch thick, and it would have taken Bruce Lee to break it. I thought the landlord had sent someone to work on the attic. I was frozen stiff with fear. 
Someone is up there for sure, I thought. I emailed pictures to the landlord asking if anyone had their undertone of annoyance. He warned me. Please call me as soon as you're able to. I called and she explained that her last two tenants had said the same thing happened to her. She promised to replace the board and she did. A month later, I woke up one night around 4 a.m. My body was covered in goosebumps. It felt like someone was rubbing his or her hands on me. Everything was silent. But then I heard a dragging sound come from above my bed. It was as if someone was pulling a sack of potatoes. I froze, convinced someone was up there. There is no way an animal could make that sound. After five minutes, I worked up the courage to turn the light and arm myself with a cricket bat and walk to the bathroom. That's when I saw that the new board covering the hole was broken in two. I felt sick. The dragging sound had stopped, but I heard something else whispering. The sound was clear and coming from the attic. It sounded like children's voices and I could hear one sentence repeated over and over. It's your turn. It's your turn. It's your turn. I switched on every light in the apartment to make things feel normal. It was 5 a.m. and dark outside. I watched TV to try and unwind, then a fuse blew. My pet bird, Dexter, whom I kept in the kitchen, usually never made a sound at night, but he started squawking like he was being strangled. I never heard him make these sort of noises before. He was screaming. I grabbed my car keys and ran out, sat in my car, and waited there until the sun came up. When I saw people walking their dogs, this comforted me enough to go back inside. The front door was open, but I figure I might have forgotten to close it when I ran out. I went to check on Dexter, but he wasn't in his cage. I felt sick again. All my windows were closed, so I looked everywhere inside. When I walked to the bathroom, I heard splashing. Dexter was half drowned in the toilet. I took him out, washed him, dried him, and I was so confused. At 8 a.m., I called the landlord and gave her a watered-down version of the night. Oh, wow, you heard the whispering too, she said. I stayed in that apartment for another 18 months. I heard the whispering on a few occasions, and twice the board covering the hole in my ceiling moved. Although I live elsewhere now, the landlord recently called. She said that her new tenants had begged to speak with me about some of the stuff that's been going on there. Forget it. It's their problem now. That gave me chills, that last story, because I live in a studio apartment by myself. And there was some pretty creepy things that happened here. Now, when I first moved in, I was the only younger person that lived here. Previously, the apartment complex was 50 and older. So they had just lifted and I moved in and it was very eerie in here. And I can only assume that there was a lot of old people that died here, but we will save that story for another day. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit your own story, you can send us an email, thehauntedhosepod at gmail.com, hauntedhosepod at gmail.com. Thank you guys. Have a good day.